0: <laughs> the Caregiver SOS on air. I'm Ron Aaron along with Carol Zernil. We're just having the best time here in the studio because we've got a fabulous guests coming up. Not that they're not all fabulous, but Bobby Joe Leggett, State Program Director for Caregivers by Active Generations, will be joining us talking about the rollout for the stress busting program in South Dakota. And Carol Zerniel, uh, who is the Executive Director of the Met General Foundation, Chairman of the Board of the National Council on Aging, is excited about this uh, new state joining in.
1: Well, we are. South Dakota will be the 11th state to implement our stress Busting Program, which is a stress management program. I know every caregiver listening is thinking, I need that. You know, we're all feeling stressed. Um, and Bobby Joe not only is implementing the program, my goodness, she is a real gem in her community and in her state and an expert on caregiving issues.
0: And you, uh, you're going to look forward to hearing her in just a few minutes here on Caregiver SOS on air. Speaking of stress, it's the time of year when those who made that New Year's resolution, I am going to lose 15 pounds this year, are saying to yourself, you know what, it ain't working. <laughs> I'm not going to make it. <laughs> I'm not going to make margin. it.
1: It's March and I'm not making it.
0: So one of the questions would be, as someone who is a Splendaholic, artificial sweetener, do they cause weight gain?
1: Well, this was a question that was posed to the at the New York Times in the newspaper, And they said, well, scientists are really still scratching their heads on this. So they did a study with about 7,000 people over five years. I'm just trying to think if I had to check a box every time I drank a diet soda, you know, or an artificially (laughs) sweetened drink uh, for five years, um, good for those people. Uh, And so (laughs) they studied all of these people uh, and found that those who used artificial sweeteners were at 67% greater risk of developing type 2 diabetes Um, and, you know, whether they had weight gain or not, and they had 36% greater risk of metabolic syndrome, which is a condition that's kind of a precursor to heart disease, stroke, and diabetes. That's not good. That's not good, but, you know, and I'm looking and it says in San Antonio, this study... So this one was in our neck of the woods here in San Antonio, um, that they found that there was twice the risk of becoming overweight or obese and that the more diet soda people drank, the greater the risk. So there's not a direct correlation. However, it may be that people who are gaining weight turn to to artificial sweeteners and diet drinks as a way to help control their weight. So we're not saying that the diet drinks are causing the weight gain. However, we are saying that the jury's kind of still out on the impact of artificial sweeteners uh, in terms of your health. And so we're going to put it in that category of everything in moderation.
0: And you can hear all the rats in the lab saying, whoopee, we're going to get to drink more Diet Cokes.
1: Well, you know, what, what they what they think is that the diet, um, the artificial sweeteners trick your your brain or your you know, the little things that live in your stomach and your gut, you know, they, to, <laughs> they trick it in your body and, You can't regulate your blood sugar quite as well, which may be that link to diabetes. So it's fooling you Um, the same way that it's making your tongue think, ooh, this is a really good sweet drink and I'm not using as much sugar. It's also maybe tricking your brain a little bit and, and having some unintended consequences. So moderation. So moderation. Moderation. Jury's still out.
0: Let's say you are losing weight. Let's say it's working. You're taking the weight off. You're concern about type 2 diabetes and heart disease and other issues. What, what is the biggest bang for your weight loss buck?
1: This is, was, has been the news all this past week um, because it's hot off the press. I saw it on um, a national news network. It's in the New York Times uh, that obese individuals who lose as little as 5% of their body weight can improve their metabolic function, so their metabolic function, that's that precursor to heart disease, right. diabetes, and stroke we were just talking about, and the risk of developing type 2 diabetes um, you know, with just this little 5% loss. So let's say I weigh 100 pounds, which I don't. I weigh more. Let's say I Not weigh much a, more. I, let's say I weigh 100 pounds. If I just lose 5 pounds, you know, if, if you're overweight and you just lose maybe 5 to 7 pounds, or 10 pounds, let's say you weigh 300 pounds, you know, that 5% weight loss is, it's it has the biggest impact. It has, you start improving your risk, you know, lower the risk of heart disease and diabetes and stroke immediately with a 5%. You don't have to get to 10%. So, you know, that's, that puts your goal way closer than maybe you thought it was. And
0: it makes it, uh- Uh, Easier to imagine.
1: It does make it easier to imagine. I think psychologically, you know, you can, losing 5%, especially, you know, when you Put yourself on a new diet, really focus on that diet and that exercise. A 5% weight loss is fairly attainable for people who are serious Mm -hmm. about it. Um, And it's not that huge, long road yet. Do you want to lose more? Maybe you do. But you're going to get the biggest bang for the buck is in that first 5%. So, you know, you want to jump on that bandwagon early.
0: And stick with it.
1: And stick with it.
0: And then we we switch from that because you've got another magic list. Seven full-fat foods... We should eat every day. I know,
1: and and it's not potato chips. I was going to say, is that fair to talk about weight loss and full fat foods all in the same program? So, (laughs) you know, actually, I was I was recently in Phoenix where we were talking about brain health. And the lesson that week in the Brain Savers program that was created by Dr. Paul Bendheim, we've had him on the show. Fabulous Uh, guest. Yes, he's a neurologist. And the lesson they had that week was specifically on this, full fat, not low fat, full fat foods that you should substitute because good fat lowers your cholesterol, and I can tell you this is something in my family I've personally been working on. My good cholesterol is really good, and my low cholesterol is getting lower. So every year... That's HDL am, and LDL. Yes, the HDL and LDLs. LDL. When you switch out the kinds of fats that you're eating, um, you can actually change the type of cholesterol in your body.
0: So give us an example. So
1: let me give you the first example, which is what I had for breakfast this morning, is peanut butter.
0: Boy, I love peanut butter.
1: I know. Who doesn't love peanut butter? You know, you can be a kid again. So peanut butter is good for you. Almost half the fat in peanut butter is unsaturated fat. That's the good fat. We don't want the hydrogenated. We don't want partially hydrogenated. And we don't want the saturated fat in milk, meats, and cheeses, right?
0: So how much peanut butter did you eat?
1: Well, I had a half a sandwich, and so they're recommending about two tablespoons of peanut butter, which I... Probably had about that much two, on my little yes, sandwich. That's good. So, so in and peanut butter is high in niacin, vitamin E, and other nutrients. It's shelf stable. You know, it's yeah, it, good lasts on a, it lasts forever. It lasts forever than Twinkies. And, yeah, and your kids you, and you can all eat the peanut butter together. Wow! So, in the brain savers class, they had number two. They were saying take the mayonnaise off your sandwich and put on fresh avocado. Ooh. Now, wh- I, love I love avocado, and I would much rather have avocado on my sandwich than mayo, which I keep, you know, I don't eat it fast enough, and it's always expired in my refrigerator anyway, So avocados are a great source of heart-healthy, monounsaturated fats. That's like one of the very best kind. And so a fourth of an avocado, you can put it on salads, pizzas, soups, eggs, you know, anything. It just goes with everything. So take out the mayonnaise, put in the avocado in your sandwiches. One one
0: of our, our, you know, we got little twin boys who are almost three, and, and sometimes they hear a, Commercial on TV, uh, which just catches them, and the one for avocados. So uh, Kennedy will often go abogado from Abog- Mexico, <laughs> <laughs> right. and I try to explain to him that's a lawyer. He said, "No, no, no, Daddy, abogado, abogado."
1: Hey, he wants one. He
0: wants yes. You're
1: the green kind.
0: Yeah, the green one. Not the legal kind. No.
1: <laughs> well, number it's pretty th- cool. Number three, vinaigrette salad dressing is something. So uh, you know. That's pretty easy to get these days. You can go into any restaurant, you can go into any grocery all have store. Right. So it in, in the, and the reason you want a vinaigrette instead of a low fat and this goes with any low fat foods, many times low fat foods are spiked with sugar and salt because they need to make them taste better. Right. So eating these full-fat foods, you know, is actually better for you. Just go for the whole thing. Don't worry about the low-fat uh, because there's other things in it that are, are not good for you. So if you're doing your salad dressing, yes, you could do a low-fat um, ranch dressing. But if you can find a, a vinaigrette, that's probably going to be better. Uh, number four is oily fish. We've mentioned salmon. Or, like salmon, tunas, sardines. I'm going to learn to like sardines, folks. I, it's one of those things. I, I haven't gotten there yet. My
0: dad used to love eating sardines. My husband loves sardines. Yeah, I can't do them yet.
1: Yeah, I'm still working on it. I'm from Amarillo, and we just didn't have anything with a I, tail I, I think it's the, that it's wiggles. the slimy part, <laughs> yes. But, you know, that <laughs> omega-3 is so good for you. And I have known people that, uh, you know, got off their osteoporosis medication just from eating sardines. Seriously. Um, yeah, so, so so, you know, it, it take off the skin with the fish. That's where the mercury is if you're worried about things in the ocean.
0: How do you skin a tiny little sar- fish? Well, the sardine. sardines are sardine, so sardine, small. Actually, sar-
1: that's one of the reasons sardines are recommended is because they don't absorb the mercury. They're too small. Oh, okay. So you're safe with them. Again, those lovely little sardines. It's head and tail and everything, yeah, right? Yeah, the whole thing, the kitten caboodle. Um, wow. The good news, you know what you can put back on your list? Eggs. I eat eggs, yes. Eggs. You can have six eggs a week. Um, and eat the yolk and eat the whole thing because that's the good kind of cholesterol. It was originally thought they were bad for you. We heard bad eggs for a long time. Our eggs are back. Yeah, eggs are back, and they've had a 14-year study on eggs. They're really, really, really back, which I'm happy about because I often will have a hard-boiled egg for breakfast because that protein in your, you know, at breakfast time will hold you so right. much better than the cereals.
0: That's right because yep. carbs do not fill you up.
1: That's right. And you know what they're saying on this list? It says cookies and muffins.
0: And no.
1: It says go ahead and have a regular cookie, a regular muffin, half of it. I'm sorry. You don't get the whole thing <laughs> um, because, you know, those kinds of that, the cookies and the muffins with some of the natural ingredients, mm-hmm. you know, full, full grains, all of that is better for you than those low-fat, partially hydrogenated cookies. Right. So a real cookie with real milk, eggs, sugar, butter, a real cookie. I like the peanut butter. And then the peanut butter. And the last one for those of you who have, you know, I have grown to love tofu. I was not always there, but I have. And you can find it in lots of different varieties. It's a plant-based protein. It's healthy, unsaturated fat. It helps your immune system. So those are full-fat things. There's something on your that list for everyone. I like that. Yeah, I do too. I was excited.
0: Wow. And I love tofu. Tofu has no taste. It takes on the taste of what you cook it with.
1: That's right. And I had a vegetarian friend of mine who could cook she had a tofu, she had a pie that had tofu, she had pasta with tofu, she could put tofu with anything, and it was amazing and delicious. Just a
0: couple of moments, we're going to be talking with Bobby Joe Leggett, we found her at the Caregivers by Active Generations out in, uh, salt, in, in Sioux, Falls. Sioux, Sioux, Falls. Sioux Falls, South Dakota, I, I have a son in Salt Lake City, I almost said Salt Lake City, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and she'll be joining us next, right here on Caregiver SOS On Air, on 9.30 a.m., The answer. Ten years ago, Dr. George Rapier founded the WellMed Charitable Foundation. His goal, to support seniors and caregivers. Today, the WellMed Charitable Foundation has contributed millions to the local senior programs on wellness, prevention, and living with chronic illness. Their programs improve the lives of our aging population and the people who care for them. Programs like Caregiver Teleconnection. Caregiver Teleconnection is a free bilingual and confidential program connecting caregivers and family members to information and support through the telephone. Each Caregiver Teleconnection Telelearning session is hosted by professional facilitators and experts, giving caregivers the opportunity to connect with and share with others in a similar situation. With Caregiver Teleconnection, learning and support is just a phone call away. Find out more at 866-390-6491 or go to caregiverteleconnection.org. Well, thank you so much for sticking with us here on Caregiver SOS on air I'm Ron Aaron along with our co-host Carol Zernial and we jump from San Antonio, Texas where it's blue skies and mid 70s up to South Dakota where Bobby Joe Leggett joins us she is state program director for Caregivers by Active Generations and they are just about to implement the South Dakota Stress Busting Program and Bobby Joe Leggett thank you so much for coming on Caregiver SOS on air
2: well, thank you both for having me. I'm very excited about this program.
0: You had mentioned off the air that uh, one of our caregiver stress buster specialists is landing as we speak at your airport, and last night you had five inches of snow.
2: That is right. Which you never know. We've had snow uh, here in South Dakota all the way up until the end of May, so well, you never know. I don't know, it know that can Jennifer. Be and then snow. <laughs> so. I don't
0: know that Jennifer's ever seen snow.
2: <laughs> That's right. Well,. <laughs> We might have some fun. I have to drive her around town and show her the snow. (laughs) That's right. Put her on a sled
1: and send her down a hill.
0: (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So before we get into the stress-busting program and caregiving in general, uh, tell us about Caregivers by Active Generations. What is the organization?
2: Well, this is um, a program that uh, Active Generations, first of all, is the largest senior center here in South Dakota. Um, So we had an opportunity to start a new program for family caregivers. And initially, it was a program just to kind of help people understand that what they're doing when they love their loved ones, whether it's a parent, spouse, or um, a friend, is they're being a caregiver. And we also, you know, just wanted them to understand, too, that there were stresses and challenges involved with that. So we wanted to provide some uh, types of resources. So that's really how this program kind of started to transpire. And it's just kind of grown and blossomed from there because uh, every day we find something else that we can be doing a little bit better. But um, primarily our goal is to just be the resource center for family caregivers for our state.
1: So do most people access you over the phone or do you work with other organizations in different cities in South Dakota?
2: Right. Great question. Well, yes, to all of the above. (laughs) So we are um, Not only in Sioux Falls, we are statewide, um, meaning that we have connections in trying to be majority of our larger cities in South Dakota. Uh, people can access us through our 800 number, which is 800-360-6161, or our caregiver's website, which is caregivers, with an S, and then sd.org. And we have a little bit, a snippet of the resources that we have on our website. So
1: what makes life challenging for caregivers in South Dakota? Is it the same as we have here in Texas, do you think?
2: I think it's very similar that it is in Texas. I think that we have our cities that have what a lot of people would think in our state is that Sioux Falls is our largest city. So we would, most people assume we have the largest amount of resources, uh, which is, you know, on one hand, true, but I think it's challenging because we're so diverse and we're such a large state and we have a lot of small communities. So I I think that finding the resources and getting people the adequate care and information that they need is a challenge, but I also think it really stems from not understanding what the resources are and how they can really impact a person's life. I think there really is it kind of starts with our education about what long-term care resources really are.
0: Well, what kind of resources are you talking about?
2: Well, our goal is to kind of begin that conversation with uh, families, whether it's uh, the beginning of their caregiving journey or if it's towards the end and it's understanding what uh, home care can offer a family or if it's understanding, um, you know, long-term care or starting those conversations or, you um, Boy, it can be even just understanding that as a caregiver, there is a stress in your, in your day-to-day life now because your life has kind of changed a little bit than what it had been before and kind of finding that new normal as a caregiver. So it can be anywhere from outside resources to just understanding and accepting what the role of a caregiver is.
1: Well, and I I think that there are a lot of similarities between South Dakota, Texas, Pennsylvania, California, you know, caregivers across the nation. uh, You know, what I heard you saying is so many times caregivers don't know what questions to even ask. So how do you get them to identify and say, I'm a caregiver? That's always the hardest thing is getting them to, to acknowledge or understand that in addition to being the wife, the husband, the son, the daughter, spouse, they are a caregiver. Um, and that going it alone is is certainly the rougher way to do it.
2: Exactly. You know, and I often say, and I think that this applies to almost every caregiver, we don't think of ourselves as a caregiver. We are just taking care of our family, and we're taking care of our friends, and that's what we do when we love the ones that we love. And so we often will take and do whatever it takes to fulfill their needs and neglect our own, and not understanding that, it is a caregiving role what we're doing it's not just something that we should just take on all these extra responsibilities and not understand that it's going to affect our own health and our lives and you know financially so there's a lot of different things and when we get to the point where people want to start to kind of question about well do i need extra help or you know do i do i need to have a little help financially there's often a lot of guilt involved with that as well because we definitely don't want to admit now that we need help or we don't know what we're doing, which is is ironic to me because this is not a new situation. This has been around since the beginning of time. We've been caring for our our loved ones. So I think it's time that we just start saying we need to be more um, proactive and start looking at our resources and understanding that we are probably in some way, shape, or form going to be using these.
0: She's Bobby, jo, she's Bobby She's Jo Leggett, and we're delighted to have her with us, State Program Director for Caregivers by Active Generations. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Carol Zerniel. You're listening to Caregiver SOS on air on 930 a.m. The answer, and a couple of things that uh, she just said, Carol, is exactly what I hear you talking about and others uh, working with caregiversos.org.
1: Well, you know, it's true. You know, you just brought up a whole myriad of issues. I heard, you know, caregiving affects your physical health. I heard caregiving can affect your financial status, your financial health, uh, that it brings up feelings of guilt. You know, it's hard to admit you don't know what to do. Um, You know, all of those are are big issues. Uh, And, you know, many caregivers don't realize the impact and the toll that caregiving is having on their lives.
2: Exactly. And I think it's because, you know, it's just somehow, I think, in our heads, and I know even in my own experience, just watching uh, myself even and my own family members, when you start doing it, it's kind of that gradual process where you just kind of add one more roll on at a time. And before you know it, it's that big snowball effect. And you don't realize how much things have changed unless somebody's watching it or telling you, you know, look at look at your life before, and look at it where it is now, and then it's kind of almost again that admitting and that guilt of saying, "Boy, you know, I've either gone too far into this, or how can I make this stop? Or now I've really taken on this responsibility, and I don't want to tell my mom or dad or my spouse I can't do this anymore." And and it is a huge guilt on, and I think it's really, you know, weighs heavy on our hearts, is what I you know often tell our caregivers so that's a hard thing
1: do you ever talk to caregivers about you know the the choices that they have I think uh, many times caregivers feel like they don't have any choices they have to take on this responsibility whether they're really capable of doing it for either health reasons financial reasons their own family their work you know whether they really can't do it do you ever give people permission to say no
2: Oh, absolutely. And I think it's not, you know, uh, something that we're we're used to is is saying no, but sometimes we we kind of frame it in the way of, you know, kind of what is your limit? You know, if you do something for, let's say it's your parents and you do that uh, a couple times during the week, what thing can you do for yourself that week as well? Kind of a give and take that you're doing something for them and now it's time to do something for you. And kind of gradually working it in that way, and also you know again to be able to say you know what this i'm not trained to, let's say dementia i'm not trained to provide that extra care that they, my mom or dad might need right now and i need help and no i can't do this i i need outside resources but, but isn't and help
0: so it, isn't asking for help the hardest thing caregivers find to do, to do in the, in their own
3: world
2: you know i think it is and, you know, I think it goes even to the care recipient, their loved ones, to even ask for help. I think it's just that whole conversation that nobody wants to admit that they're going to get older or that we end up having chronic illnesses. We don't want to admit our loved ones have it. We want things to be happy and healthy all the time. And so really asking for help is, I, you, you know, a sign of weakness in a lot of people's minds. But I think it's really something that we need to change to be a sign of strength that knowing what your limitations are doesn't make you weak. It just makes you well-informed about your resources.
1: Well, and you mentioned, you know, dementia. There is no way, if you have never been around someone with Alzheimer's, that you could possibly guess, understand, and intuit um, all of the things, the kind of grab bag of tools that you need to get through that experience. I mean, you just, there's no way you would possibly know that.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And I think it's a completely different experience than, than other uh, chronic illnesses, um, and you're absolutely right. No matter how much you talk about it, unless you're actually doing it, you wouldn't know how much it affects your day-to-day life. And it's a lot of stress for the families because, you know, you want to be able to keep your loved one at home and you want to be able to provide them that care and show them the respect and everything that, that you feel goes on with aging but there is a progression at a certain point that you just need a little extra help and then that's okay and we've talked about different options as going reflecting back is looking at hospice in those uh cases for dementia about how that is not an end-of-life option but that is more of something that is just there where um, they can provide that day-to-day care and sometimes people with dementia in hospice tend to thrive more than they do deteriorate. So it's, it's much, um, it can be something where somebody's on hospice for years, but it is a lot of, again, not understanding the resources, the uh, fear behind what is actually happening. And I think it's, it's good to educate the families as, for caregivers and also to make sure that they're able to approach those conversations with their loved ones. Now,
0: we're going to come right back to you, and one of the things we want to talk about is hearing all this and understanding the kind of stress caregivers and others are under. Uh, you're you're unveiling the South Dakota Stress Busting Program, which is being brought to you by the WellMed Charitable Foundation Uh South Dakota, the second state that that program has gone into beyond Texas, and we're going to hear about that in just a minute from Bobby Joe Leggett, State Program Director for Caregivers by Active Generations. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Carol Zerniel. You can hear this show on 930 AM, The Answers, Sunday afternoons at 6 PM, or via podcast at caregiversos.org. <laughs> Talking on Caregiver SOS on air with Bobby Joe Leggett, who is out in South Dakota, director of the Caregivers by Active Generations uh, programs. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Carol Zernil. Now, I had mentioned we're unveiling the Stress Buster program in South Dakota, and I said it's only the second state it's rolled out into but that's not quite accurate
1: well i i do want to you know mention that actually the stress busting program south dakota is the 11th state that we've actually been in but it's the second state to be statewide what we're so excited about uh, that with Bobby Joe and the program that they're implementing is they're going to go all over south dakota with the stress busting program we're all over texas uh, we're in nine other states but we're going to be all cool. over south dakota and so, you know, I'm curious, um, Bobby Joe. You mentioned stress, and you mentioned that it's not good for you. So, you know what? What do you tell caregivers about stress, and why you might be implementing a stress busting program?
2: Well, I think um, first, it's kind of a twofold question. It's kind of one of those things that it's difficult to approach because a lot of people. Obviously, people tell me all the time that I'm stressed and I never believe them. So why would a caregiver believe that they're stressed about caring for a loved one? And we just kind of go through the different uh, aspects of stress, that stress isn't just about being nervous and about feeling overwhelmed, that it's not maybe understanding the resources. And again, it's about the finances and it's um, education maybe about a chronic illness or a disease and we talk about that as being different uh, segments of stress. And the reason we really wanted to bring this class here is we really saw the benefit of it because what it does and has done for our caregivers here in South Dakota is it's kind of started that um, realization that maybe they were under stress and maybe what they needed to do was to ask more questions and find more outside resources, and give them that permission after taking these stress-busting classes to really take some time for themselves. And really, our caregivers that have taken these classes have really thrived, not only from the material that they've learned from the classes, but just being in that group setting and understanding that other caregivers are going through similar challenges as they are, and that it's okay, that it's okay, and giving them again that permission to know that being stressed as a caregiver is a natural thing.
0: let's get a quick update from Carol first on what is the Stress Busting Program for those who may not be familiar with it.
1: Well, the Stress Busting Program is an evidence-based program, which means um, it came out of a research clinical setting. So Dr. Sharon Lewis, who's from the University of Texas Health Science Center, studied stress, the impact of stress on caregivers, and developed this as a self-management program. In other words, we teach caregivers about stress. We teach them about Alzheimer's or chronic conditions, whichever program. Program, you know they're in um, and then we teach them stress management techniques so there are nine weeks of classes each week it's a 90-minute class and each week they get a topic of education about stress about disease about behavior problems whatever and they learn a stress management technique. So by at the end of nine weeks, they've learned eight different stress management techniques that they can choose which one they like the best. Um, and then, as Bobby Joe was mentioning, they have also have a built-in network. They've had this support group. The same group of people went through the class with them. Um, and there is a bond there. They do stay in touch. They do connect with each other. Uh, and hopefully, they will Realize that taking care of themselves is the best thing they can do to take care of their loved one. Cool,
0: now, Bobby Joe. How did you first come across the program?
2: Well, actually, before I was hired uh, here, our um, adult day uh, director came across the program and had just kind of talked about um, just starting this program for family caregivers, and she connected with, and I cannot remember, excuse me, the name of the senior center in Texas but it was age, it was central Texas. And so they had really said that this was, you know, a fantastic class and really saw the benefits. And because your state is similar to ours, thought it would really work well uh, in our state to be able to kind of provide that resource for family caregivers and the rest is history.
1: Wow. So, and you're talking about, um, when we say going all over South Dakota, I was looking at the press release that's um, going out this week, uh, and it says that you're going to be offering like up to 50 classes.
2: Yes, I think by the time we get our uh, trainers trained and we kind of launch this into the communities, I expect by... Uh, the end of this year that we'll have up to 50 classes being offered throughout the state.
1: Well, that's yeah. a, that's fantastic. You won't be able to tell the difference between California and South Dakota because everyone <laughs> will be so stress-free and hanging out and <laughs> losing That and, you know, is what we're going for. <laughs> yeah, everybody's going to be ready for the beach after that.
2: You know, and I, I'm very excited about it, you know, because uh, those stress-reducing techniques are something that, not a lot of people have been really introduced to. Um, I know that people, and one of them being, uh, you know, meditation, people have heard of different things like meditation and and those, but I don't think that they've ever really had uh, anybody bring that to them to really talk to the benefits and really have that DVD that really leads them through those exercises. And I think that's something that is a fantastic feature of this program as well is that, every caregiver gets the material to take with them home, and they can reflect on that when the class is done. And they get that DVD that really provides those stress-reducing techniques if they weren't sure how to go about doing those.
0: Well, Tell me, what do you think it's going to do for caregivers and their care recipients? How is this going to help them both?
2: Well, you know, I know for a fact that it is going to change the viewpoint of uh, family caregivers and that they're just going to have a different understanding about their role with their loved one. And I often say that when their stress is reduced for themselves as a caregiver, then they're going to be a little more patient with their loved ones. They're going to understand a little bit more that a lot of what's going on may be uh, all that extra stress maybe in a relationship between spouses is a chronic illness in some of those different things that are kind of happening with their loved one. And so it kind of takes away all that, um, you know, he or she doesn't understand me anymore into saying, you know, it might be a disease-related issue that's really hindering our communication. And I need to remember that my husband has either dementia or COPD or some kind of chronic illness, and I need to... Kind of be more patient with that and understand that, that they're going through something as well. It's not just me. And I think it's more, I think it unifies them a little bit more. Well, and, and so
1: yeah, you've really hit it on the head because there are peop- many people think, well, they're doing this on purpose. They don't realize that the person with dementia is having physiological changes in the brain. Um, And with the Alzheimer's program and stress busting, we actually show them the picture of this is a normal brain and this is a brain that has Alzheimer's, where you can see that it has shrunken, that you've lost Mm -hmm. two pounds out of a three pound brain. Um, So, you know, and it's not on purpose. They're not doing it just to aggravate you or irritate you.
2: Right. In that picture, Says a thousand words for caregivers that really just hits home with them and that is a great part of the program to be able to show that image because you're exactly right you know people just don't understand because a lot of uh, our caregivers have seen their loved ones with dementia and talk to them like they've always been that way where, where they were in the past and it's not the case anymore. And they have their good moments and then they have their bad moments. But but it's hard to let it go when they when they aren't showing the signs of of the illness yet.
1: Well, and we should mention that you know, you were asking about the benefits of the program, Ron, and the research. So the chari- the WellMed Charitable Foundation, we've been doing the program for about seven years, and Dr. Lewis did it 15 years before that. Lots of research. And what we know will happen is that the caregiver is going to have less stress, they're going to have less anxiety, and they are going to have less anger uh, which goes to that relationship point that Bobby mm-hmm. Joe is talking about and they're going to have an improved quality of life they're going to feel better about themselves and because they do have a grab bag they do have these stress management techniques that they can draw on they've got the dvd the book that becomes you know sort of like a bible, bible to them it's you know they f- dog-ear the pages and go back to those points you know they've got tools it really does improve the quality of life and so we know the people in South Dakota and anyone in any Uh, stress-busting program, that's what they're going to get.
0: Now, is there a higher incidence of uh, related issues that both caregivers, care recipients, and others experience in South Dakota? Uh, Seasonal affective disorder, less sunlight, it's darker in the winter. Uh, Do you find that to be an added stressor?
2: You know, I think that obviously, you know, having winters where we would get snowfalls, I think sometimes around uh, 12 inches or more in one snowfall, that does add stress, uh, definitely. Uh, I think that not being able to get out and to socialize or have resources come in, such as home cares because the weather's too bad, that is a very hard uh, thing for caregivers and for their, their loved ones because when you're not able to provide care or have somebody come and give you that relief, that only exasperates the situation, and when it's months and months at a time, that definitely can be very wearing. Um, so, definitely, I think that the the weather does play a part of it. Although, I think that for the most part, our state is so used to it that we try to plan ahead for that. But, but not always do we do we get to everybody.
1: Well. Um- So we should probably mention if you are not in South Dakota um, and you are interested in the stress busting program, we do have classes um, in 10 other states. And we would certainly love to uh, help teach people in your state to provide the program just like we're doing in South Dakota. And that information is on our website at caregiversos.org. We are a nonprofit, so we're going to make it really easy for you uh, to connect to this program. Classes are free. Classes are free to the caregiver.
0: And I gather as you begin to talk about this uh, uh, in South Dakota among your colleagues and friends and others, uh, are you getting a response, uh, uh, Bobby Joe? Are people excited about it?
2: Oh, absolutely! You know, we have had professionals that really have been very excited about this as something to really serve their current uh, customers. Such as uh, home cares are very interested about serving their families and, and providing that. Uh, we've had past caregivers uh, interested in teaching this class as long, and, and as well as, as churches. Cool. Um, so it's been very well received and very excited about, about launching these classes.
0: You Got to stop you right there, Carol.
2: So
1: wh- if people want to get hold of you, where do they find you?
2: Well, again, they can call us at our 800 number, which is 800-360-6161, or on our website, which is caregivers with an S sd.org
0: caregivers with an s south dakota.org sd yes thank you very much we really appreciate you coming on bobby joe leggett and uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon good luck with the program maybe we'll get an update in six months or so
2: all right fantastic would love to do that
0: you take care you're listening to us caregiver sos on air on 9 30 a.m
3: the answer Ten years ago, Dr. George Rapier founded the WellMed Charitable Foundation. His goal? To support seniors and their caregivers in our community. Today, the WellMed Charitable Foundation has contributed millions to local senior programs that focus wellness, prevention, and living with chronic illness. Their programs improve the lives of our aging population and the people that care for them. Programs like Caregiver SOS Resource Centers, which offer complimentary support programs for those caring for loved ones with Alzheimer's disease, dementia, as well as stroke, cancer, diabetes, chronic lung disease, and heart disease. San Antonio has six Caregiver SOS Resource Centers to help you. For locations or more information, go to caregiversos.org. That's caregiversos.org. Or call 866-390-6491. And for more information on how the WellMed Charitable Foundation is impacting San Antonio seniors and how you can help out, go to wellmedcharitablefoundation.org.
0: We are chugging right along here on Caregiver SOS On Air. At the end of each show, we turn to Take 10 with Dr. Jamie Heisman, nationally known psychotherapist and an expert on caregiving and addictions, and Carol Zernial, who is our co-host here on Caregiver SOS on Air. I'm Ron Aaron. So take 10, what's up now?
1: Well, you know- Caregiving is sort of you know it's the light side it's the dark side so let's go to the light side you know Star Wars has been out in the last few months we're going to go to the light side of the force um, and talk about I think Ron you were saying before the show that some caregivers are on the ledge and may contempl- be contemplating jumping yes sending so, it all yes yeah, so how do we where do we refocus them Jamie where, what's the light side what do what does caregiving you know the, on the positive side if we were making that list how does it enrich our soul, and how does it give back to us?
4: Well, I'm biased on this one. I think it's a great topic, Carol, Um, but I am biased. I do think that you do need, when you get into the caregiving situation, a third party, uh, like a therapist trained in geriatric care or gerontologist, um, somebody who's really skilled. And here's why. Uh, What you ask about looking for the sunshine, if you're a caregiver, there is sunshine. There's sunshine through almost the toughest chronic illnesses we've ever faced in our life. What it does, it creates humility, it grounds us to our, our feet to the ground and it forces us to become aware that we probably need to transform our lives, that something is not working well for us, let's say in this caregiver experience or our own self care as we take care of a loved one. And though it looks bleak and dark at some point in time, you need a third party to to help you across that bridge to actually walk with you and to talk about transformation, because I think caregivers really can use the experience of caregiving to transform and find the other side, which may be well, spirituality, maybe a greater understanding of life, maybe an understanding of their own mortality and their own ability to move ahead um, healthy, healthily.
0: But those are all psychosocial kind of terms. What, uh, d- d- what ends that pain in your stomach and, and the uh, stress you're feeling and the anger you're feeling?
4: Well, there's a multitude of things you do. You have to obviously balance your life, Ron. If if you're living in isolation, um, you're probably becoming attached to your own thoughts, and you're going downhill very, very quick. So um, I must tell you that if you want to get very specific, number one, if you want to find sunshine at the end, uh, don't isolate. Uh, Find yourself a strong support group. Find yourself people who are like-minded. Go out and find friends that you've not talked to in a long period of time. And obviously be with them. So that would be my first order, uh, my first recommendation. Well,
1: and and I just want to echo, you know, that's like at night how everything seems worse at night because you're alone and it's dark and you wake up in the morning and it just doesn't feel as bad. Sharing with other people, sharing that caregiving journey with other people and talking with friends and having that support, social supports around you, it's like all of a sudden, oh, it's not night anymore.
0: So caregivers suffer from sundowner effect as well.
4: They do, and to your point, though, too, beyond the sundowner effect, which is something that's another topic entirely, what Carol says makes sense. I mean, if you're a lonely person and you're a caregiver and you are in the evening and you're isolated, this has a huge impact on your anxiety and ability to have a good, restful night of sleep. So not only are you not sleeping well, but you're perpetuating the hell of the next day because you are uh, isolated. You, are, you do have anxiety. You have not done the necessary things. Um, so it's very important, and again, back to your, thing, your, your I, question to become specific. Number one, and I will never back down on this, you got to have a therapist. I will tell you, you have parity in your insurance policies. There is absolutely zero excuse to go find a therapist for six to eight sessions to help you through this, and then your therapist is going to help you connect socially to maybe to groups, Uh, They're also going to help make sense of situation, which makes no sense at all. They also will help you maybe with resources that you had no idea about. Um, So there is no downside in finding a skilled therapist in this process if you want to find sunshine.
1: All right. So you said don't isolate and find a therapist. What else would you recommend to us?
4: Well, then you're looking at other issues, too. Uh, There's a disproportionate amount of depression, anxiety, and stress. We have to be very, very aware of that. Uh, we have to, I think, the most important thing, again, in this not just the isolation of ourselves, but it is to include family members. Uh, family members, to me, whether it's included on a long-distance basis with a, a teleconference call and a third party involved, or whether they live down the street, um, I think it's extremely important, if you're going to find some sunshine out of this, is to not think you are a superhero, not to put the cape on, and not saying you're going to caregive by yourself and you can do it alone.
1: Well, and the, and the telephone and, you know, all the um, Skype, other, you know, you don't even have to talk. Sometimes you can actually look at each other um, and have uh, kind of be in the same room and, and make some of these difficult decisions.
4: Absolutely. And there's events all over. I don't need to tell you. I, I personally have a, a place in my heart for you, Carol, that you have made our charitable foundation an amazing place for caregivers. But I think you got to go to events. I think you have to go to to our uh, caregiver SOS, you have to partake in caregiver teleconnection. I mean, there are so many things out there. It's just like meditation. It doesn't come by pixie dust. Uh, You have to meet the process halfway. And again, I hate to say it, but I'm going to continue to say it, That, that coach or that therapist or that person is a great motivator in terms of finding new things and new ways to approach
1: things. Well, I like the word pixie dust because, I, you know, all of a sudden it's Tinkerbell and Disneyland, but you're right, it doesn't happen that way. So somewhere we have to find a, a, our own reality, and it's a reality that's not all bleak.
4: And that work, that work that is, needs to be done to actually get you to there, once you are aware and then are transforming, is exactly what the sunshine on the other side is. Sometimes it's not the product of whether we're darn good caregivers and taking care of our loved ones. Sometimes it's the process. Of self care. When I speak with caregivers, I said every time you see your loved one, the first thing that should come to your mind is self care, giving yourself a gift that moment, writing a gratitude list, if you will, um, going to a, a meeting, a support group setting. But look at your loved one and see how she or he can remind you of doing something for yourself around self care.
0: Now, gratitude list is something that I haven't heard you mention before uh, in this context. What a great idea. What are the things you're grateful for in this caregiving process?
4: I see gratitude as taking us out of our myopic, narcissistic, narcissistic selves, and that's clinical for, you know, this whole world is too darn small, and it revolves around me. It's, and the, it pity party.
1: it's con- the pity party. Pa- it's the pity party it that you're pity having party. in your exactly. head
4: exactly so it allows you to connect to the humility of the whole world it sees that you respect that you know in meditation there's a what we call loving kindness meditation that we do and one of the parts of the of the meditation is we start thinking of all the people around the world going through exactly what i'm going through at this very moment and um... it's very important to feel connected to all of them have a gratitude list every day you can wake up and say well this didn't happen so i should be grateful for it but You have to copiously do it daily, and I think it works so, so well with caregivers. Well,
1: and I think I would add with the gratitude list is just a little bit of outside time or physical activity, which I know a lot of people might bristle at and say, oh, I really don't have time for that. But five minutes actually in the sunshine, literally in the sunshine, or a walk around the block, or 10 minutes on a bicycle, you know, it can be a recumbent bike in your house. Just some kind of movement is such a mood elevator.
4: It is, Carol, and don't forget the sun does offer this vitamin D, and around depression and anxiety and stress, it is a natural elixir. So those five or ten minutes are not just moving your body, but it's permeating your soul.
0: Well, we all embrace the concept of Mother's Day Out. Isn't this a similar concept that Carol is talking about? By the way, if you've just joined us, you're listening to Take 10 on Caregiver SOS on air on 9.30 a.m. The Answer Dr. Jamie Heisman, Carol Zernio, Ron Aaron here with you. So, so what's wrong with what Carol just said? But, but a lot of caregivers don't take advantage of that opportunity or don't know how to access a few moments of freedom.
4: Well, you're so right, Ron. Can you imagine if you can't access those few moments of freedom, how difficult it is to take the next big step, which is to find respite, to really to research and look around and mm-hmm. see how you can get your loved one taken care of while you're out, whether you're with a friend or a support group or watching a movie or 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 dancing or doing something so you're a hundred percent right and it's baby steps because most uh, you know caregivers are overwhelmed besieged and beleaguered and a lot of us as i said um... learn about that we're back in our family of origin doing things that we did as a child and this is where the transformation again comes in that we're no longer children that we need to grow we need to parent ourselves and if we're to parent ourselves that
1: means to take care of ourselves. Carol gets the last word. Well, I would just say, you know, and also look for things that, you know, that are caring for yourself. If you can't take 10-minute walk in your loved one, go in a wheelchair. Would the walk be good for that person as well? Um, so try to bring a little sunshine into their life, and you'll probably both feel better.
0: Thank you both. Take 10 on Caregiver SOS On Air on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. I'm Ron Aaron along with Dr. Jamie Heisman and Carol Zorniel. We'll catch you again next week. You hear us Sundays at 6 in the afternoon or on podcast at caregiversos.org. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation. Email suggestions and comments on this radio program to radio at wellmed.net. And join your hosts Ron Aaron and Carol Zerniel for another edition of Caregiver SOS On Air on 930 AM, The Answer. Ten years ago, Dr. George Rapier founded the WellMed Charitable Foundation, his goal to support seniors and caregivers. Today the WellMed Charitable Foundation has contributed millions to the local senior programs on wellness, prevention, and living with chronic illness. Their programs improve the lives of our aging population and the people who care for them. Programs like Caregiver Teleconnection. It's a free bilingual and confidential program that connects caregivers and family members to information and support through the telephone. Each Caregiver Teleconnection telelearning session is hosted by professional facilitators and experts, giving caregivers the opportunity to connect with and share with others in a similar situation. With Caregiver Teleconnection, learning and support is just a phone call away. Find out more at 866-390-6491, 866-390-6491, or go to caregiverteleconnection.org.